like a night, uh, like an, I don't know, it could be 40 minutes, 45 minutes. And then it would be a cartoon. Right. We're too, we're too young, uh, young for that, I guess. They, so. they did revivals, you know, they would do like, Hey, we're doing, yeah. we're bringing back, we'll have cereals and we'll have cartoons and, you know, they still offer, like, I know the retro houses around here, they have Saturday morning, uh, cartoon, uh, more, you know, for the kids, you cool. matinee shows. Hey, they used to have little events too. There was some good film with, uh, who, you know, Roseanne's husband. Oh, Tom uh, Arnold. Not personally. No, not Tom Arnold in, in the Connors, you know? Oh, Dan. Oh, uh, John Goodman. No, not okay, personally yeah. either. John Goodman was in some movie in which he was like, took on a movie house and you know he started oh matinee matinee popcorn and yeah 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 that's a good trip back okay now they're gonna bother the rich kid let's let's listen okay President of the United States, can you? Oh, what? Can you fuck Katie with me? That's how much you know. We have a pool in there, and it's supper. And I go and swim in every day. A pool in the house? Oh, no. Well, you can't have a pool in there. Dirty. 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 He said dirty. He said dirty. I know I said dirty. Dirty. No, I didn't say dirty. I said you're dirty. I have an instructor up here, and I have English lessons every day. It is dirty. Shut your dirty mouth. Don't make me speak French. Now he says, my uncle is a judge. And that's important later because the father is the brother of a judge. And we'll talk about it when it's done. Is that, Hopefully it's Judge Dredd. My fingers are crossed. <laughs> no, that's, that's no that. shit. <laughs> is Judge Dredd... Um, it's a British cartoon. It's been around for decades. Alone? Yeah, okay. they, did, they did a 90s version. And his Here's sidekick... Tippy. Yeah. Again, that's... How hunts how? Uh, he, of course, this guy right here, in New York City. Yeah, this is Dippy, and he's Dippy. one of the ones you gotta have if you're gonna have a movie. You know, I oh. was reading. There's like one episode, one movie they did where one of the main guys was visibly drunk on on the screen. Oh well, that's no surprise. You see, Gold um, Goldwyn bought the rights to this, and he loved these guys, and he flew them out to be in the movie. And he immediately regretted it because they would fuck around in the studio, <laughs> ru like running up and down the halls, knocking things over. Ah, it's funny. Uh. He immediately. Um, OK, uh, the boys ran wild through the studio, destroying property, crashing a truck through the wall of the soundstage. <laughs> Afterwards, Goldwyn decided not to employ the boys again and Clear. sold their contracts to Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah, that's right, because they did six movies. As the dedicated kids, they had this stony little film, yeah, and then they were they weren't like individuals. They were listed, you know, the actors will be listed, and they'll be listed. The dead Ed kids, right? So strange. They're not even a musical number. <laughs> not even a musical number. This one is Tommy, uh, and okay, well, he just ran away. Yeah. Okay, no so Hudson Hawk. Rich girl talks to poor potential boyfriend. Oh, Hello gee. there, lady. <laughs> I didn't smell your perfume when you came in. <laughs> so this was a play that ran for three years. It had almost 700 performances. Wow. And this gold, Samuel Goldwyn bought it. 
for 165,000, which was so much, it was about $3 million, according to the internet today. It was huge success on Broadway. That's they, 20th Century Fox wanted it, RKO wanted it, and Samuel Goldwyn just gave him the money. Um, and he, you know, they wanted to shoot it out there, but he was dead set against it. He wanted a controlled environment and a soundstage. So it was a genuine New York. It was a, a play about the experience of New York City. Yeah. And Hollywood shot it in Hollywood. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, William Wyler, he's our director. Wanted he this director did Ben Hur. This director did Funny Girl, you know. Yeah, he's Wyler. Um, he's Wild Wyler. Wow. William Wyler wanted to do it on the streets of New York. Samuel insisted, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the most convincing and elaborate sets in film history. That's an opinion, sounds like. Yeah, sure. No one's seen Mar Super Mario Brothers. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> when producer Samuel Goldwyn visited the huge set constructed for the film, a very de detailed depiction of a New York slum, he shouted, Why do directors want these slums to be so dirty? Clean it up! He, he was eventually persuaded by the director that very few people live in a clean slum, and it would hurt the picture's credibility uh, if it was a nice place to live. So William Wyler directed the property man to litter the set with real garbage to create the appropriate slum atmosphere. The disturbed and fastidious Samuel Goldman, who would pick up the garbage after shooting, would stop for the day. Damn it, Sam. Now we've got to spray up the garbage again. Okay. The stage directions of the play indicate that Rockefeller Center can be seen in the distance. It's around 50th Street Piers of Manhattan. Now, that sounds like the west side to me, but right. it was the corner of East 53rd Street and the East River. So it is the East River. And today, it, Sutton Place South runs North East 53rd Street at the corner. Uh, now, today, it's like exit 11 of FDR Drive. I was going to say, Carl, you uh, being a native New Yorker, yeah, a proud uh, native New Yorker who oh, rubs it in your, you, you rub that fact in every Jersey boy's face, right? <laughs> oh, excuse me, I was born in New, in, in New York, yeah. in Manhattan, I said. Manhattan, yeah, not Brooklyn. No, the truth is, I was born in Washington D.C. and I've been a Jersey boy since I was three years old. But yes, I grew up on the mean streets of New York. That's why I'm a project manager. I was grew up in the projects. That's yeah, that's right. And you uh, had software. You so where's the Bowery and where's here right now? Uh oh, in real life, yeah, the Bowery same. is way downtown. Do you remember CBGB's? Sure, I, well, that's I went there. The Bowery. So. What you would do is go down Fifth Avenue. Actually, no, Washington Square is in your way. Uh, I guess you would go down like um, uh, 10th Avenue. And I don't know. The Bowery is kind of over on the east side, but downtown it gets tight. So This is the east side, you were saying. This is the East River. Yeah. Oh, there's the kid. He might be the kid. Or is hey, it a little rascal? Maybe I'm wrong. I didn't write it down. I think maybe he's a little rascal. Look at this, it has like an even smaller crew, right? Yeah, These are right. like tiny tots. That's right. Hey. They're like a tiny gang, and they're going to get kicked out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, Go find your own newspaper route. Right. Hey, I work doity? Oh, I said you were working yes. dirty. See, it says um, East 53rd Street gang only on the brick. 
Oh, right. And those tiny tots were, like, not part of that gang. Look at how Spit is smoking a cigarette, and it's no big deal in a movie. Well, I mean, I'm transfixed every time Humphrey has a cigarette, because he does that thing where he, like, slides it out of his yeah. mouth. Yeah, right. And it just stays there. And with that fucking hat tilted like that, it's like every Bugs Bunny cartoon. He's got this tilted... Now they're going to embarrass a lady. I wanted to order the rabbit. Yes, yes, right away, Mr. Humphrey Bogart. (laughs) He does smoke a cigarette super cool, and and the way he pulls it out of his mouth, like you said, and it, like, sticks. Yeah, it sticks. And his lips are so thin, it's like... It's almost like he's doing a trick. I love black and white movies. I love the tone, like the... You know, everything's kind of like this is this movie is kind of put together with all these sets. Yep. Maybe like Popeye. Do you remember that uh, Robin Williams movie? Wonderful set design, if that's the right term. It had that weird like set design. Like they took over an entire island and built like this like Popeye village. Oh, sweet haven. God must love us. I remember. That was from there? I got to rewatch that movie. You're my father. You got the same squinty eye. <laughs> All I remember is like Brutus was like a son of a bitch. He was like punching everybody. He was yeah, just like, was, he wouldn't even talk. Yeah. I saw that I saw that in New Jersey. Uh and uh there was a promo for Heaven's Gate. Oh. Yeah, in 19, and Under the Rainbow. It was a classic year back then. Under the Rainbow, yeah. That was the documentary about the terrible Wizard of Oz experience, I think. It was on YouTube for a hot second. That movie. That would have been a good one. Yeah. So let me tell you that. about Spit, right? In real yeah. life. Uh, of course, he's born in New York City in uh, 1917. Uh, Russian Jewish immigrants, vaudeville parents. Um, he was short, 4'11. 4'11. No, 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 no. The father was 4'10, the mother was 4'11, and, and, and Spit here is 5'6, which is my height. <laughs> um, so anyway, the earlier f- films presented Gorsi, that's his name, Leo Gorsi, um, as Spit. In the 40s, the dramatic films shifted into redneck, roughneck comedies. We already talked about this. Roughneck comedies. That's now, a nice way of putting it. Now, <laughs> his big thing was called a malaparism. He would say a stupid, he would say the word wrong. Right. Well, that's go, what you, you accuse me of those malaparisms myself. Well, you just bump okay. But he yeah. went on to say something like, ah, it's a clever seduction. That does not tire. Like, can you imagine me writing like the next script for the Bowery Voice? All right, uh, call this a glass of witter and call it a day. Well, like if you would say, I reiterate, he would go, I regurgitate. You, you, you called me you mentioned opposite. this on the show, Carl. You always call me out on when we shot our public access show thirty years ago, Fish yeah. Burgers. Where you were an alien and I had offered you a bed, yeah, place to stay, and it was warm. the bathtub. And I don't finish my sentence, and you kept that in. Yes, no, it was Dave Kennedy. You brought Dave him Kennedy. to the, you brought him to the, the bathtub, and you said, "I got you a nice here. It's a warm." <laughs> you meant to say like a warm, comfy bed or something, but you just yeah. stopped talking. I had to leave that in. I didn't have another cut. I remember it was a we had a ta- uh, blanket in the bathtub for. Him. Yeah, it's a warm. I was recently thinking about that. So, look, between Bogart and Dave, 
they keep having the like you know i'm you know i know you killed five men you better keep your mouth shut i can trust you it's like he snaps at him you better keep your mouth shut you know like okay he just found out that rich girl's going into the tenement so he's like oh shit now he is gonna see some cockroaches and it i don't know the director just didn't like it so he got real roaches so that she would really be grossed out oh cool this guy was meticulous he would make you do it again and again and again and she's he's just like no you're disgusted we have to see that you've rejected right. this life i will director i will do it billy wilder director billy wilder i will do it it's not billy wilder okay now william wilder here comes here comes the garbage can now right. watch her face when she sees the real roaches there's watch. real roachy that's the one oh, kept. That won an Oscar. They, they, did the cockroach win an Oscar? Best cockroach? Actually, a woman did win an Oscar in this, and she's only on the screen for one scene. It's kind of not fair. They just okay, gave him out. Dave saw her disgusted, and Dave's making the decision, we can't be together. We're from different worlds. It just isn't going to work out. Now, this uh, Gorski would go, he would drink a lot. Um, he would abuse alcohol and he, let's see. Um, the series was immediately successful. Gorski starred in four Bowery Boys films that year. The father died as a result of injuries from an automobile accident. Devastated, he began be abusing alcohol, wow. lost a lot of weight, crashed a film set in an intoxicated rage. The studio refused to grant him a pay raise he demanded, so he parted ways with the Bowery Boys and was replaced by Stanley Clement for seven films. The brother, Gorski's brother, David, stayed in the films. I do remember that. Yeah, like that was the, the longest-running uh, Bowery Boy. Ah, look at his Jughead hat. Really? Well, and then the Prince Valiant haircut. Yeah, and this guy's got like the not a Jufro, it's like a brainiac explosion. Oh, that's right. He's got a it brainiac a, explosion. He's probably Jewish. Now, Gorski was also in Mad, Mad, Mad World. He right. Uh, Hunts Hall and a bunch of low budget films. I'm trying uh, to think if I could place him in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. I can't. Sure. That movie was a hit with my kid. We watched 30 minutes of it. Oh, that's good. That's, that's a good, good run. Yeah, that's a good run. Okay, now, this is pretty bad and good at the same time. They're going to fuck this kid up, man. They really are. Are you sure? The pool instructor is, like, right inside, indoors. Pool instructor is right inside. No, he. the guy's going, the garage is shut down, so they have to go and get the car and bring it down here. So that's okay. who he's waiting for, his driver. Oh, oh, COVID, COVID. No, no. I've got tuberculosis. Now, check this out. We can't come. It's only for the gang. Only for the gang. See? Too bad, don't let you see it. Well, you never saw anything like that before. Oh, I, don't I don't even care. Fuck off. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Oh, let him in, fellas. Come on, put it up. Put it up. Come on now. 
Get a friend. Look at this asshole. Look at that running. Got a good plank. I know where I could get a switch. Yeah, just a piece of wood I were, was thinking of. Bogart. <laughs> uh oh, are they gonna roll out a barrel? Now look. Bogart sees his mom. My own mama. Oh, no, is he going to be a gangster with a mama's complex? Well, he just wants to say hello to his mom. He hasn't seen him since he was out of reform school. But the mom is, I mean, it's the worst acting I've ever. You have the sound still up? Because the acting is horrible. Check it out. I I still have it up. Okay. Baby face. Yeah. What? Tramps are ladies. That's right. Uh, maybe not. Maybe you remember the tramp that used to have his, uh, he'd take a bandana, put his possession. Sure. Yeah, yeah, Bindle. Yeah, a little. I think there were tramps. We saw a movie Tramp, Tramp, Tramp. Right. Right. Which was was a Civil War song, but there was three tramps in it. At least. There was one tramp. I'm really surprised at her acting. Now, the thing is, I know this director. He wanted this on purpose. He wanted her to be flat and awful, but I, I just don't think it's. Did, did she win the Oscar? Because I'll go no. and take it back. No, she. Yeah, if she had won the Oscar, we should wait until she passed away, go to her estate sale, and fucking steal it. I think the Bowery Boys has a. They definitely have a star on Hollywood. I think I it's and Vine. I think it's Hollywood and Vine. I think it's I'm like sure a special. Right. No, it might be even prior to that. I don't know. I'll have to find it. I'll let you know in the future. It's definitely out there. I've seen it. Yeah, I um it's a famous I wrote one. Wrote down a bunch of stuff about them, but I didn't catch that. No worries. I think I should go and just photograph stars of uh people who've been in our movies. And That's a great start. idea. Yeah. I think Do a walking tour. Is show, like the blouse is open. This is why she won an Oscar because she showed her she had a revealing <laughs> dress. She didn't win the Oscar. She didn't win the Oscar? No. Uh, her acting is so bad. Look at that nice crying though. That's pretty good acting. She was there at the Oscars night. I remember uh, they said to her, "Excuse me, can you move over a bit?" <laughs> the the winner is coming through. Oh, mom. So, Bogart's been rejected, completely 100% rejected by his mother. Yeah, and he had like a brunch uh, reservation all set up. It's awkward. <laughs> now, Table for gonna, two? Yeah, they're going to go in one. and his thug is going to put on some music to cheer up his... his, his... Oh, but first you got to get a toothpick. There was toothpicks on back back in the Bowery East, East River. If you need a toothpick, just go in. <laughs> so it's a player piano. Yeah. Turn it off, see? Turn it off. So the only way he knows yeah. how to do it is to fucking kick it. My Sunday, Monday, happy days. Turn it off. 
Tuesday, Wednesday, happy theaters. Now, the proprietor's going to remember that kick. He did not like that kick. No, those are expensive. I mean, that's probably for the 1800s. That's not a kicker piano, you know. Now, look, you see Mark the Bottle? Yeah, that means as one does. Yeah, if you pour it on your own behind my back, I'm going to know. Why don't you just take the bottle and put it behind the bar? Right, right. I don't know. Right. See, he's got that toothpick going. Yeah. Shut up, yo. Uh, let's see who this thug is. Uh name's Alan Jenkins, and, and his nickname in this movie, his name in this movie is Hunk. Hunk. Huh? He's all ears. He died in 74. He's an American actor and singer, works stage and film and television, born in Staten Island, 1900. Yeah. Member of wow. the so-called Irish Mafia, group of Irish-American actors, which included Spencer Tracy, James Cagney. Blah, blah, blah. Worked later as a voice character of Officer Charlie Dibble in the Hanna-Barbera TV cartoon Top Cat. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. Officer Dibble, huh? And I'm Top Cat. I'm Arnold Stang. He worked with, like, Bogart and Arnold Stang. Yeah, that's all I got on this guy. Hello. Evening, Officer Dibble. Now, evening, Top Cat. Now, now Top Cat, you're not doing some really weird, boring hijinks, are you? Uh, well, Officer Dribble, it would be even They've beaten the guy up. They've stole his jacket. They've stole his watch. Yeah. I mean, he's all fucked up. Good times. Yeah. He's got a couple bucks, so he's like, "Say, sister, I have a quick. Well, maybe uh, I can buy you something nice. Would you like a soda?" And she's like, "With what money? What have you been doing?" Why are your pants? I wasn't doing nothing. I was just oh, thinking how hot thing. you look. And a soda would do just the trick. They're going swimming. That's why their pants oh, are Oh, I got you. This is just not today's movie. I mean, they're smoking cigarettes, beating up kids, getting undressed. This movie does, I mean, it's it's really to their detriment that they didn't shoot on, uh, on site because it's a play. Uh-huh. And it's a movie version of a play. And sometimes right. they feel like plays and sometimes that works, you know. Yeah. But it's like you want to – it's so strange that it became this – based on real life, it's based on suffering, right? Based on the poor in New yeah. York City. Yes. It became a play and a hit. Then it became a movie. And then the characters in the movie became one acting entity that appeared in six other movies, five other movies. Right. And then they spawned a series of, like, B-films Yes. where it was more and more, like, years. just – yeah. Like, is there something to equivalent of that? Was there like a catfish? Maybe the there was catfish was originally a documentary, and then it became that MTV uh, show. I don't know catfish. Isn't that huh. crazy? Well, I'm trying to think. Like, was there something that was like serious documentary that just turned into like a slapstick? Hmm. Good question. Um. Uh, I know I'll find an example. Yeah. She's a really good actress in this, by the way. Um, she deserved that Oscar she won. Well, she didn't win an Oscar once again. Uh, it's just this woman who has a one scene. It hasn't come up yet? 
No. She became an actress at... Right, it hasn't come up yet. She became an actress at 15 years old as a way of overcoming shyness. And her first film appearance was an extra in a D.W. Griffith film. Ooh. The Sorrows of Satan. You would definitely lose your shyness being an extra in a Cecil uh, (laughs) D.W. film. He was always playing girlfriends or sisters of a gangster. Gary Cooper's girlfriends. Spencer Tracy, Henry Fonda, you know, Harry Grant, just sisters and uh, girlfriends of gangsters. I never promised you a rose garden. She was in uh, Hitchcock's Sabotage. She was in Fury in 36 by Fritz Lang. Um, She was one of the highest paid actresses in the industry, earning 10 grand a week. $80,000 she got for Sabotage with uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Was she the one who was top billed and they had to recall the film and put Bogart's name in it? No, I did not see that. Yes. Yes, she was? Well, I don't know what I'm not sure exactly what you asked, but when this film came out, her name was on the top, and for some reason that wasn't cool with Bogart. So in the next releases, Bogart's name got put up front, and that's what we were seeing here. Oh, no, Richie Ritz is sad. Yeah, he's super sad, and he's he's all beat up. There they are. Don't go into that club. <laughs> Chasing pigeons. You gonna spank him? Now, someone's caught, and his name is Tommy. Okay, and Tommy is the brother of uh, our our hero, uh, our heroine Trina. Gotcha. Right? So. Let me go, let me go, and he's not going to let him go. Here's your watch back. Of course, the father wants justice. He wants the kid arrested. And and now here's the sister. She's doing her thing. Oh, and there's James. Who was Mars Mars Attacks? He was, um, he raised pug dogs as show dogs. Look, he just got stabbed in the arm by a nun that Milty gave him. And that's going to be... That's going to oh. be reform school strong. Oh, here we go. He published two books on the art of needlepoint. <laughs> Who did? The, the actress? Yes. She well, was she was doing needlepoint. As show dogs. She was a good, she had a good life. She was doing needlepoint in this movie. Remember she was sticking her yeah. head out the window? Yeah. Top of the morning, Carl. Top of the morning, Mike. Will you two shut up? Just meet downstairs. Now, the cop is being told, you go get that fucking kid. And the cop's not being a jerk about it, but he's like, yeah, right. I'm going to spend my time. But then he's going to find out that this is the brother of a judge. Uh, And for his own career, he better go find that kid. Is he going to wave his brother's name around? No, uh, the doorman is. Here, turn it on now. Turn it on. So that little indication uh, is like, oh, you better fucking fix this. Liar, you said it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Shay. I was talking about your mother. Your mother. Look at that. You know, this uh, Dave Connell, he's been in our stuff. I mean, he's this is the third one. He's like a friend to the 
the most dangerous game is a kick-ass movie and he was yeah. kick-ass in it so yeah he, he definitely uh he was in foreign correspondent you know alfred hitchcock a lot of hitchcock movies brought up well yeah well he was in barbary coast um oh in sullivan's travels which is not gullivan's travels no i've seen sullivan's travel that's preston surge uh the french they are a funny race yes preston surge's comedy classic oh the oh, french they are a funny race right hey um, i'm humphrey bogart stop watching look they're they're facing face to face but his 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 um face is different and that's why he can safely talk to a cop Right. He's nervous. Oh, because he's still wearing the same clothes? They always he did another movie called Dark Passage where he was like he got a face change and no one oh. recognized him. And it looked like he, you know, he turned out to be Bogart. It was a famous movie because it had like a first person view of him. Listen, beginning. I just want to go on record again. We saw that movie Man with Bogart's face, and it was yeah. a comedy. I got just I just gotta say. And that uh -huh. guy did a lot of like stage work in which he did a comedy. It was the wrong thing to do. It was the wrong way to go. What they should have done was continue making this style Humphrey Bogart movie. They should have made other Maltese Falcons and Casablancas with that guy being a serious actor. And all the older people who were in those films right. should have had parts in it. Absolutely. You've seen Dead Man Don't Wear Plaid, right? Yes, yes. That's a great example. Yeah. That kind of a film. Of course, that was a comedy, but... It was a, it was a comedy that took clips from movies from the 40s and, and interspersed it in the film. So they would have Humphrey Bogart from another film on the phone. Yeah, it was Didn't Martin you see, responded. like, Humphrey Bogart, you know, the man with Bogart's face doing that role? You know, you know I, have you seen the movie on uh, Pornhub, The Man with Humphrey Bogart's uh, Dick? No, not even worth it. Not even worth it. Couldn't do it. <laughs> we can't prove it, right? We never right. saw it. We never um, saw it. Listen, man, I took spent a lot of time exhuming this penis. <laughs> exhuming. All right, hunk. Hatch. Is Plunk. there any DNA left? Can we get a penis sample? So, now... Here comes Francie, okay? Right. Now, Francie is a prostitute, and she has syphilis. But oh. can't say that. There was all sorts of censorship. In the uh, movie, she's like, act two, syphilis Well, they just say, she's sick. But the thing is, if it was 1937, and you're in the audience watching this, you did know what she was sick from, you know? You knew the right. movie couldn't say it. And they never say what's her job that got her syphilis, but well, they play that. Have you happy? Win an Oscar for this? Oh, this scene when they play. What do you got? I'll give you a hint. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Clap, clap. <laughs> you got the clap. <laughs> we saw another. I was going to say there was another actor in this that we've seen. Oh, so. Uh, Richard, uh, who's that guy? You know who I'm talking about. No. From from Greengrass, the the golly goes. Uh, Richard goes uh, the uh, golly goes. <laughs> Richard Burden. Yeah, Richard Burden. Right. <laughs> Greengrass, the golly goes. 
Yeah, he was a Greek golly go gal. It's just that it's not a malproforism. You're just a kook. It's um, go go gadget. So anyway, he was Lauren Bacall was uh, in a documentary in 1963 about Richard Burden. Uh-huh. And she was saying that young Richard Burden came to our table and Bogey took a liking to him and they were good drinking buddies together. <laughs> because yeah, she, she, she outlived she was married him. to him. Yeah. Well, it was a great romance. I mean, it was a great romance. They made great movies together and he always spoke fondly of him and like Gave very classy interviews, like talking about his memory and stuff like that. But well, he that was one... forty-four years old, and he met Lauren Bacall when she was nineteen. Mm-hmm. They were filming to have her to have not in forty-four. Nineteen years old, and he was forty-four. I guess uh, it was the more the former than the latter to have it have not. So they would go on to do Dark Passage and Key Largo as yep. married. Okay, why don't you listen for a second? What are you good for? Worry about that. I'm dreaming. I'm having a dream. I don't want it for so long. Dead end. I'm tired. I'm sick. Can't you see it? Look at me. God, you've been looking at me like I used to be. He's got syphilis, and the audience knows it. He just says, I'm sick. Oh, he figured it out. He's looking down, not looking up. Now, he's going to be mad. Like, why did you become a prostitute? And she's like, what are you talking about? Why did you go into crime? We both did what was available to us. One on you. There you go. There's no dead-end kids. No, but really, why didn't you? Like, because you do kidnappings and rob banks. That means, I mean, they're both crimes. And... What's available? Nobody's going to pay to sleep with you, Bogart. Right, that's true. So he's going to he's going to give her some money and send her on her way, but he is really not interested anymore. And she's like, "Give me a kiss for old time's sake." And it hurts yeah, her uh-uh. feelings. This is maybe why she won. Go ahead, listen. This is maybe why she won an Oscar. Would you spare another 20 bucks? I got it. Yeah. Right, forget it. I was done. All right, all right, beat it. Damn. Yeah. One more thing. Yeah, uh, just one more thing. thing. Columbo. All time's sake, will you do me a favor? Twenty bucks. Please. You kiss me here. Just for old time's sake. Use the dental dam. Oh, she cheated. Hey. Goldfish. Now, they would go and be in two other films together. They would be in Key Largo together. And this film, I don't know, The Amazing Dr. Clitterhouse. What? Yeah. No, I'm familiar with the Pornhub one. Uh, oh, yeah. Dr. Clitoris. But this is The Amazing Dr. Clitterhouse in 1938. Clitterhouse? Do you? I don't know. I don't think we can't locate it. Get it? Because the word clit. <laughs> I can't find it. Now, this film was highly censored, that scene that won an Oscar. Um, but also, okay, Breen requested that the line, all cats look alike in the dark, be deleted. That was about a rich girl versus a poor girl. He goes, all cats look alike in the dark. All cats. Yeah. Yeah, all right. 
Um, I got to call you though to spell it out. <laughs> son of a bitch and go to hell were, tra- were made to trail off. You son of a... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you could... My... That was before and after. Um, the word bum should not be used in British prints for the film. That word in British was slang for posterior. No Bronx cheer should be used. The character right. spit should not be actually shown spitting. There should be no scenes of this character stepping on cockroaches uh-huh. and spilled garbage. Uh, they didn't name him Spit. They go, hey, you're Spit. So they do get to say Spit, but they just don't spit. Right. Just don't actually spit. What is this like? A, oh, look at the breadsticks, Carl. <laughs> it's it's an Italian place. It's he he got pizza. I mean, you know, really in the yeah. Earlier he said we'll have two pizza. Because you know New York City has the best pizza. We know we get it. You're yeah, we back. got it alrighty. All right. Come on now, look, you are part of our heritage. You are from here, and you should have pride in Jersey pizza. Carl, I got. I had a last time I had a chance to go to New Jersey. It was we had a great time. It was uh, it was a guest of yours, and you took me to White Castle, which I hadn't had, and I ate so much White Castle. Yeah. And then you pulled up to Mr. Dino's Pizzeria in Watchung Plaza yeah, right. in Montclair, and you're like, "Let's get pizza," and I was stuffed. I couldn't eat, and you're like, "Have a bite." And I took one bite, and I just everything rushed back. It was like really intense. Like it yeah. was really good pizza. And then also the guy behind the counter was looking at me, so he probably re- remembered who I was. You think so? From high school, maybe. I remember there was that guy who answered the phone, Dino, Dino. One time, <laughs> me and Tom were in there eating our pizza like little dumb dicks, freshmen in high school or whatever. Right. The phone rang, and then we both went, Dino. Right, and he looked at us so mad, because he was about to pick up the phone and go, Dino. So we did it. He looked at us so mad, and he goes, "He goes, Dino." <laughs> like he had to, like on purpose. You killed Dino. his. You killed his buzz. Yeah, we really we fucked with him, and we didn't mean to. Now, this Joel McRae, who we know from Dangerous Game and Come and Get It, yeah, he was having a hard time working with Bogart once. Um, they were on some rooftop scene and they're talking. So the directors keeps doing new takes, new takes. And he goes, okay, okay, let's take five. And he pulled him aside and goes, what's going on with you? Why can't you deliver your lines right? Why can't you? And he goes, well, I didn't want to admit this. And I was just trying to live with it. But Humphrey Bogart's spitting on me. When Humphrey Bogart was saying his lines, little things of spit, like getting his cheese nice. in his eye. Talking with him. That explains his later acting style when he would talk to the ground. <laughs> it, was, it was thanked afterwards. Uh, Claire Trevor, Babyface's old girlfriend, American actress. She died in 2000. 65 films wow. between 33 and 82. Winning the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for her role in Key Largo. And she received a nomination. She didn't win for Dead End. Um, have, have you seen Key Largo? Yes, in my life. I don't remember it well. Do you, do you recommend it? I mean, it's a strange film. It's a, definitely a classic, and like people love it. But it's just this idea of like a 
there's bank robbers and they have to hold out and they they find a boat in Key Largo, but there's a storm happening, so everyone is stuck. So they're they have hostages. And it's you, you see it in other movies, like you know where where bank robberies go wrong because of a natural disaster. There was there was mm. a I think a Christian Slater movie like it. I remember yeah. this one bank robber movie. It was a um, uh, Woody Allen movie, and it was really before I knew I shouldn't like Woody Allen, or I bumped into a lot of dumb, awful films. It was back when it was. Um, was it Take the Money and Run? Shot in San Francisco. No, um, this is a more. This was later in his career. Tracy Ullman was in it. And, oh sure, sure. Yeah. I know the film you're talking about. So they were. They were going to rob a bank, um, and they were faking some woman with uh, – I think Tom Hanks was – no, no, no. I'm thinking of a different film. Anyway, um, that was all the commercials. When you went to see the film, that was like about the first 15 minutes of the film, and the the rest of it was this whole different movie. I thought it oh, was no, a bank heist movie. Yeah. Tricked you. Woody tricked you. Yeah, he did, and it was fun how he tricked me. I did see from Dust to Dawn, going from Woody Allen to from Dust to Dawn to Texas Blood Money, but it was the same premise as, you know, the vampires from, from Dust to Dawn bites a bank right. robber. So they're robbing a bank and suddenly they turn into vampires and they like it's vampire bank robbers versus human bank robbers versus <laughs> sheriff. Okay. Tommy has now run away. Tommy is wanted. Cops are after him. He stabbed a guy in the hand. He's taking the rap somehow for beating up the kid alone. Um, I'm not sure exactly how that happened, even though I've seen this film several times. Um, he doesn't snitch. No, he doesn't snitch, but he doesn't have an opportunity to snitch. He's run away. Uh, later, Spit will snitch on him, believe it or not. Son of a bitch. They'll have a fight about it. But anyway, they're trying to figure out what to do now, like run away and... Um, you know, I'll come with you and go ahead and listen a minute if you'd like. Sure. I I got plans. Maybe you'll be nice if you know that we're doing good. Yeah, but I'm 21. That'll be fine, too. No, I won't let that happen. I won't let him touch us. I'm going with you. We'll get out of here. We'll go someplace together. You could do that. You get the gist of the scene from that little sound bite. It's the pressure of. Don't you get it? It's a dead end. It's more like a cul de sac. There's houses surrounding it. It's you a know, dead end. It's, it's like a womb. Yeah, Life comes out of it. It's not really a dead end. Cul-de-sac is a dead end. And, you know, it's not a cul-de-sac where you can turn around. It's it's a road that ends in the water. It's not a thorough street. Didn't you see the sign? Thoroughfare. Thoroughfare. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. This the word dead. It was a very thorough street. Well, instead of saying dead end, that would be a different phrase. Now, look, he goes, he's like, Dina, Trina, uh, Dina, whatever her name is, and she shuts the, right? Oh, yeah. And finally, windows closed. The windows must, window must have crashed. Windows must have crashed. Yeah, now, the thing is, he saw the disgust of the rich girlfriend, uh, and he's like, this is not for me. I want to be with, uh, God damn it, her name's not fucking Dina. It is... Drina, Drina. She he wants to be with Drina, but she thinks that he wants to be with the rich girl. I don't know. It's yeah, two shots. 
this this Italian restaurant is open six in the morning and it closes one in the morning. Wow. According to the signage. Okay, so he goes home for four hours. <laughs> Jeez, I fucking ate that restaurant. Ah, call it a day. Nap. Power naps for four hours. Yeah. I hate my job. Okay. You wake so, up in the cot. <laughs> so Babyface has come all the way from Colorado with plastic surgery to see his old girlfriend and to see his mom. But no one oh. else figures it out. Both of whom, well, he's got plastic surgery. Only Dave's figured it out. Both of whom he loves. However, he got smacked in the face twice. Mom says, fuck off. And right. the girlfriend says, fuck off. Right, so now Oscar. it's time for him to head back west. But to the, sh the thug's chagrin, they're noticing how much the parents care about that kid who got beat up. They're going to kidnap the kid. Kidnap the rich kid or the or right. Donnie? Kidnap the rich kid and, you know, charge five grand or whatever's a lot Fair of money. To pay out the legal fee. It's like, are you crazy? Let's get out of here. Too many people know who you are anyway. You, your mom knows. The girlfriend knows. Dave knows. Let's get going. It's like, I came here for something. I didn't get it. I'm going to at least get the money. I'm going to leave with the money. Leave with five grand for kidnapping a kid? Well, I mean, he's got all this money from, like, bank robbery and stuff. And kidnapping. But I, I just said that. We mostly right. heard about him murdering men and bank robbing. I just assumed that because he's so hyped to kidnap. Okay, now, we are about to launch into Act 3. Dave's wow. like, I told you to get the fuck out of here. Now, Dave makes a dumb move. He's like, all right, if you won't leave, then I'm going to the cops. Why would he tell him that? Oh, yeah, that's true. You think he should have just said, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, all right, fair enough. Well, I'll see you. Uh, yeah, I'll walk this Ow! way. Oh, I got Dave. stabs him. He's that, oh, that is brutal, dude. And that's the end of Dave. And that's the reason why I don't drink out of that river. <laughs> human excrement and uh, damn it it's adults swimming they're swimming with their faces in the water now they're seeing that nobody really caught him nobody caught on nobody this heard that asshole. hey they're still looking for that this place yeah. is really happening oh yeah there it is the rich uh, hoi polloi is like about... ain't that a trip? They're looking down at us. Yeah. What do you it... say up there? I saw you. His, bro his brother's the judge. I like to tell that to strangers <laughs> or cops. Well, no, that was he was telling the cop. You better find. Oh, Dave's not dead. Oh, yay. The most dangerous game can be killed. Match. Yeah, the most dangerous game. It's mad. It's Joe McCray. Oh, Ooh, nice shot. Cops would do that back the, then. The Billy Cray. Yeah, throw me up the wall. I'm trying to sleep. Did you see how the nightstick was, would, was rubbing against the bars? Yeah. 
Back in the old day, cops would do that to let you know in your house, listening to the radio or whatever. A you know, cop is you're out here patrolling the streets. Blackout. We don't want the Japanese to see that your lights are on. Now, Humphrey Bogart got the part, but they Samuel Goldwyn wanted James Cagney. Wouldn't have made a difference. This movie is kind of a weird curio, but it helps having Humphrey Bogart. Bogart only got it after this other guy refused. George Raft? I don't know yeah. him. You know him. Okay. Yeah, sure. Graft. Old Grafty. Old Grafty. Now, uh, Bogart was on loan from Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers didn't want to give it to Sam Goldwyn until he said that Warner Brothers could borrow Marion Hopkins. It was a studio. It was a studio time, right? Like yeah. actors were under contract, so you couldn't really just do a uh, Netflix film and then go do a Hulu film. You had to do one or the other. Right, exactly. It had you were contracted. Now we're going to have a fight with the thug in which he's going to win. You see how Bogart is getting into this little room? Yeah. Oh, here's it. The film contains scenes with the young, uncredited, uncredited Sidney Kibrick who is best remembered for his portrayal of Wime in the, the sidekick of the neighborhood bully Butch in The Little Rascals. That's what Oh, all right. Little Rascals. He said, so he's a friend of Butch. Yes. And he was cute as hell, too. How do you know Here I saw? Um, an early gangster role for Humphrey Bogart was built on the success of his performance in The Petrified Forest. Forest. 1936. There he is. He's on the roof. Yeah, but this isn't the spitting scene. This will be a runaway scene. So the neighborhood's all awake now. They hear the guns. Have you, seen the, have you seen the gangster? Gangster's on the roof. Oh, why don't you just tell me he died? You don't have to pretend he's on the roof. Uh, I need more billy clubs. There's the old water silo, kisses a fire. Bang! Bang, oh. bang! I'm pretending I was shot. In this film, they don't even pretend with blood or anything. No, they there's no blood. Like, the suit's blood. still impeccable. They just... Ow! Fuck, that hurt. Yeah, there's no, uh, nothing underneath there. Now look, hey. he's not hey. dead. Bang! He shot the cop? No, he shot... Yep, yep. Now he's getting shot with a lot of smoke. There's mom. Right. And they won't know it's babyface until mom starts crying. Oh, and they said, oh, it must be a face change. Guy has two ties. Bogart was in two other films with the Dead End Kids. Crime School in 38 and Angels with Dirty Faces in Angels with Dirty Faces. That's a classic sounding name. They also did two movies with Bella Lugosi that people always liked. Uh-huh. Now, the mom, you know, Dave hears the mom, and it hurts his feelings. There was a SCTV sketch. They had Robin Williams on, and they were all the, the Bowery boys. Oh. And one of them got a job. And so Martin Short and Robin Williams, they go over, and it's a gay bar. He's working as a bartender. They're like, oh, I don't know. Saturday Night Live, not SCTV. No, this is SCTV. They had Robin Williams on it. With Martin Short? 
Martin Short was on SCTV first. Right, right, yeah. And then then he brought all his hilarious characters to SCTV. Okay. Uh, to, to Saturday Night Live. Gotcha. SNL. So they're like, we caught Babyface Martin. And there's big reward money. So Dave will get the reward money. We come in, police station. We got Babyface Martin. Yes, this is the police station. Yes, we got. Yes, if you like to talk to the police station, please talk on this phone. Yes. (laughs) Now, the director did a movie called The Best Years of Our Lives in 46. Now, what was the Lou Costello film? Oh, A Time of Their Lives. Oh, okay, so do you think it was written to bite off of the best years of our lives? No, I think they're all based on sheet music they were selling of songs. Oh, okay. that were, you okay. know. All right, pick them up. This oh, this scene. kind of got his start because he was the cousin of a guy who founded Universal Pictures. Next thing you know, he's directing. He really... This scene, they really are stretching it out. Well, we're getting a lot of information. Like, we're learning about... Um... I mean, they're using a stretcher. Oh, I see. <laughs> Stretch. Never mind. So, you can see that he's unaffected by the reward money. He doesn't give a damn about that. It's just kind of freaked out. Now, they're going to try to find the boy, um, um, Tommy. And it's going to be Spit who rats him out because... I don't know. They threaten him like, you beat up that kid. We'll listen to it when it comes. And um, and TB is going to over... No, Milty. Milty will overhear him ratting him out. Milty was the new kid. Give me my three cents back. Oh, right. So he holds a beef. If they'd just given him three cents, they would have been in the clear. No, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. Oh, yeah. you know, my brother is a judge. <laughs> judge Dredd? <laughs> judge Mend? Now, look, he's taking that ring. Yeah. Why? Why? Look at that cash. Taking the money. That's like, like for evidence, but why take the ring? Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, someone might take it. They should take the body while they're at it. <laughs> okay, now we'll, let's let's turn it on. Turn it on. Okay. He is a rat. Here we go. I want to, I'm looking for Archie. With the jug head. <laughs> oh, look, they're over here. Extra, extra. David. Oh, he's not the dickhead. The doorman's the dickhead. Putting him in that situation. Well, I mean, right. See, you're not wrong, but it's like the doorman has loyalties to his employer, but you're still not wrong. Like, why should he really care? I mean, he is on the job at this second. Okay, more pressure. What are we going to do? I don't know. Uh, I don't want to leave the set. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. In the play, it's like, you can't hide. We just set up the scene. It's like the Truman Show. There is no off-camera. There is yeah. no off-set. We don't know what's out there. Great movie. So he's going to go hide while she prepares to run away, and then she'll go find him, and they'll run away together. Cops coming. There we go. Evening officer. No. There's a kid named uh, Ami Orden. No. Same kid. Then why are you so stressed out? No, I'm acting. The director insists I look stressed because I'm stressed in this part. I mean, the, the apartments look realistic, I guess. Pose. It's not like the friend's apartment. <laughs> no, well, they're trying to do a tenement, right? Right. Wow, everybody's come out in the street. What a night. Lots of gunshots and baby face. Nelson <laughs> got killed. Baby You're looking for a tailor or a hand clean laundry officer? Come over here to Alfonso's. L four forty. Ah, see the systems against him. Yeah. So Tommy, he's heard it all now, and he knows he's in triple trouble. And they even know, you know, they know where he lives. They know his name. Now. He will. She's all packed up, right? She put away the suitcase so you wouldn't. It wouldn't be obvious, but she's got to find Tommy, and then they're gonna get going. So where's Tommy? Oh, and all the cops are there, and all the gossip. Listen, they're all the yentas are out. Neighborhood yentas. Well, everybody came out. There was a big shooting. Yeah. Excitement. Oh, I see even a haircut. Two bits. <laughs> oh, there's the old peanut dispenser. Not a lot of time for you on the vaudeville show tonight, Frank. Just two bits. Right. Okay, there he is above the gang. Right. He's checking everything out. They now, look, killed and burned a newsie to get that paper. They're looking in the paper, and they're going to have the story wrong, and they're going to be shocked. The newspaper's never wrong. The truth is, he just assumed all his life that the newspaper covered the truth. Why? You telling me that there's nobody named Ziggy? There's not a big face guy with a long nose and a dog? These newspapers lie to me. Wait, what do you, you mean, mean Ziggy cartoon? Yeah. You should do like, uh, like Nancy. Uh, you should do like their era. Oh, their era? Sluggo and Nancy. <laughs> you know. You're talking, little Abner ain't real. Right, right, right. He yeah. lives in dog pads. You telling me wow, there's no can... bachelor named Dagwood who fell in love with a girl named Blondie? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Zippy was my favorite in this, even though Spit gets all the credit. Yeah, you know, he's the glue. There he is, there he is. So oh my god he was in world war ii in 1943 and he was in like a u.s training film 
a U U.S. Navy training film called Don't Kill Your Friends. So I immediately went to YouTube to find it, and I found yeah. it. It is – I mean, it's really doing safety about your – about your your airplane. There's, hi, so, I'm Stinky from the Bowery yeah. Boys. There's nothing friendly when it comes to friendly fire. <laughs> That's right. Even there you go. I can't say that out loud. Please? I said that out loud, Carl. Dude, that's that's young Mike. But yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Hall was arrested for possession of marijuana in 